From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to the program. I'm looking forward to this hour. We're going to be talking to Craig Kelly uh, a little bit later. Kimberly Smith as well. Haven't had a chat with her for quite a while. Uh, imminently, we'll be talking with Gemma Cooper, some more breaking news. And your opportunity this hour to give us a call. Tell us what you think when we open the talkback lines in about 10 minutes' time, if you'd like to do that. The M, she, not C, she, universe, it's just going... <laughs> it's becoming more and more ludicrous. And s- some very dumb people must have had somebody whisper in their ear because they've had an about face. Who am I talking about? Rachel Ziegler, the woman who I said is Hollywood poison, the woman whose career I thought was going down the tubes and I shall persist and I shall continue to believe that is the case. She certainly believes it and so do those around her. What makes me say that? Well, Let's get back to those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. The new Snow White Disney movie. They picked a woman. Now, let's go back to the origins of Snow White. It made Disney. It was the film that made Disney. It was Walt's love child, if you were. Certainly his brainchild. That, and he just loved it. It did wonders for that company that is massively successful. Certainly not to the point where it was when Walt ran it. But here we are. They've gone very woke extremely woke, they're losing money hand over fist because they'd rather have you, um, you know, tailor make a movie to fit their narrative than to have one where you actually go and watch it and it makes money. Can you believe that? So Snow White, it's a German story and it's about, you know, well, we all know the story, but Snow White is about the woman's skin colour. She is Snow White. You know, she's very Caucasian, if you will. They like to gender swap. They like to race swap uh, some traditional male roles are now played in many of these Disney Marvel movies by female characters. You just don't do that. It's just crazy. You just, could you imagine anybody, you know, other than, you know, um, the, the last couple of people we've had play Superman, they wanted to change that. They wanted to race swap Superman and make that somebody of colour. And it's just not done. Likewise, you wouldn't do it um, the other way around. You wouldn't have a traditionally black character and put a white person in there. I would consider that to be very rude, to be disrespectful uh, to those who created the roles, who wrote the characters, who are supposed to be a certain type of individual. And anyway, we've got people like Rachel Ziegler, who not only um, thought she was better than Disney and didn't need Disney. She was very outspoken at press conferences and quite often would say, well, you know, Disney, we don't like the old story. Prince Charming's a bit of a stalker. Don't like him, the actor who plays him. Who knows, we might even wipe his role. He may not even make it to the movie. Who cares? He's just a guy. And described the whole thing as weird and dated. There she was. And then when people realised she was picking a fight with them, the fans went mad. And the fans are predominantly male when it comes to Marvel movies. Yes, I do realise, not for Snow White. But she was very outspoken for Disney in general. And uh, she liked to have a bit of a crack at those that wanted to uh, have a go at her. And it didn't work well, to the point where she's in another movie, The Hunger Games, the brand new Hunger Games movie. And as a result of her being in there, nobody's watching that either. 
They're just not watching it. Now, it goes on, it goes on. We've got other movies like The Marvels, and that's the one I want to talk about now. It's just come out. It's just come out uh, about a month ago. It cost oh, about $300 million. It needed to make about a billion. And believe me, Marvel movies quite often make more than a billion dollars. And after you take out, you know, I mean, the box office is how much money got handed in at the box office. So if you hear $400 million, no, the studio probably got half of that, you know, and then you've got your domestic one in America, then you've got your international box office. Sometimes you're saved by the international box office. Sometimes you're not. This movie, despite having to have made, needed to make $600 million to break even, has barely made, the last time I checked, internationally and domestically in total, and I can't help but smile, $200 million. In fact, it was $196 million at the box office, far less than that going to Disney. And they're just paying the price. And now I'm going to get back to this, and you got to love the Daily Wire. Now, the Daily Wire is a conservative news commentary outlet, and they've got, you know, some terrific people there. Brett Cooper, who's actually a woman, uh, um, she's going to be playing in their version of Snow White. They're doing a traditional version. Imagine that. Imagine doing Snow White and it being true to the original story. How, how dare you do that in 2023? Well, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And they're going to get Brett Cooper, who I love this. She's one of their conservative commentators. She's going to play the role. She's going to act. And not only is it going to be devastating to Disney, not only is this one going to make more money, they've pushed, they've pushed it back, the Disney version, to 2025. But this is my favourite part now. Rachel Ziegler, who came out and trashed, trashed Disney, trashed the Marvel fans, trashed the Disney fans, trashed the original story of Snow White, now said, and she's much more calmer, uh, much more calm, I should say. She's obviously had somebody in the media working with her to try and salvage her career. Too late. Too late, by the way. She's now saying she loves everything that Disney's done going back a million years. A million. That's what uh, I'm quoting, by the way. A million. Somebody corrected her, said 100 uh, years. But yeah, absolutely. She's doing a big backpedal. She's hurting. She knows she's Hollywood kryptonite and people are not going to spend any money, not just watching the MCU, but certainly watching anything that she's in. And that includes the new Hunger Games movie. I love it when they push woke down your throat. And there is only one movie that's going to make any money for Disney. Do you know what it is? In the Marvel Universe, it is Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds, and why? And I love Ryan Reynolds. He is about as the opposite of politically correct as you could possibly get, and he's just going to smash it. But now they're trying to ruin that too because they're leaking pictures on purpose, and if you look at the pictures and you understand the Marvel MCU universe, it destroys um, the whole thing about, you know, movie spoiling. You know exactly when it's set, who's going to be in it, and he is not happy. So they're trying to ruin that because it's a movie that would have made a fortune. And then they could have said, when you're not woke, you make what one point I'm predicting it will still make about at 1.2, 1.4 billion dollars as to 200 million for this woke offering from Disney. They'll learn the hard way. And I really hope that those who back them financially just um, don't have any part of it anymore. I'm sick of it. And I know you're sick of it. And just do not go and watch this crap.
at the movies. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all of the social uh, major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us to get the word, word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time here on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. In the UK, and always breaking news wherever that happens to be around the world, I am joined by the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Hey, Gemma. Hello there, Dean. Yes, epic rant there on Disney. I've heard you on that one before, but there's no stopping you once you get going on that and the Marvel franchise. You really, you really do know your stuff on that, I have to say. I mean, they ruined it for me. I love, I love science fiction and they are ruining it for me. They're ruining it. That was some very special time that I'd spend with my son. We'd go and enjoy these movies. Many of them we'd watch two or three times and we absolutely refuse to go and watch these latest two offerings. But when Deadpool comes out with the very unwoke Ryan Reynolds, I'm, I'm, I'll just stay there. I'll watch it back to back four times just to, uh, just to prove a point. And I think that's what we need to do. Prove a point, vote with your pocketbook. That's the only thing they'll ultimately understand. Absolutely. And it does sound like that's what the uh, the movie going public are doing, actually, in their droves uh, moving away. Um, so let's hope that there is a shift away from the, the agenda, which is exactly what it is, an agenda. And she would have been being paid handsomely to push that agenda. But now it's obviously yes. backfired for that particular actress. And, uh, you know, money talks. People, celebrities will just do what they're told. You know, they, they want money, they want influence, and they want status. They're good little narcissists, most of them. Um, and that's how they get there. Uh, but, yeah, it's not working. It's not working at all. And, and but Jim, breaking I, news. Oh, can I just quickly for one second? With um, Rachel Ziegler, no, she's not doing it. I mean, she is actually, she's swallowed the whole lot, hook, line, and sinker. She is what? She is one of these people who believes it. And she thinks because she's surrounded by that, that she's in the majority. Now she's learning out in the real world, world in social media and at the box office that what she does is not popular and now she's backpedaling. Too late, her career's gone. She won't get any more movies, certainly nothing major. And, and I'm loving it. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I love it. That's all I can say. Uh, back to you. And sorry for my rant, but I'm really upset about what they've done to that franchise. No, no. And it's a valid point because it's not just we'll get to the story in just a sec. It is a very valid point because it's messing about not just with um, the movies just, you know, to try and fit some narrative. It's messing around with our perception and how, you know, if you're a child and you start watching these movies, as we've talked about this before, um, those fairy tales, they're based on archetypes uh, that live in our subconscious and, and they they appeal to a, a collective consciousness. And that's where those myths and fairy tales come from. Um, and you start messing about with that. You start messing about with our internal landscapes. They know exactly what they're doing. We've talked about this before, you know, Hollywood, the holy word, you know, the wood that the Druids used to cast the spell on us. That's that's the whole mythology of Hollywood and, and what it's about. Um, and they, again, it's like the th last three and a half years. It is an agenda and they've overplayed their hand. Yeah. Like the globalists overplayed their hand with the scandemic. They're overplaying their hand with Hollywood and now they're furiously backpedaling. But it is serious. It's serious stuff. It is magic. It is spells that come out of that place. So uh, thankfully, the collective consciousness is turning against it uh, and, and, and taking a step back and saying, no, this isn't right. And we instinctively know this is not right. So it's not just movies that we're talking about. It's not just box office profits. It's something much deeper that yeah. lives within us. So that's why it's important we do discuss these things. However, 
my job is to bring breaking news. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just in the last hour, actually, since we last spoke on air, there has been a statement issued with regard to an incident that happened in the Red Sea yesterday. We heard Mark Boylan talk about it briefly in the news update at the top of the hour. But yesterday, uh, the group of Houthis, which are part of the axis of resistance in the Middle East, a, a, a loose conglomerate of uh, of, of rebel organizations that oppose Israel and the West. Um, they have uh, they attacked a Norwegian oil tanker, which was at the entrance to the Red Sea on its way to Italy. It was completely neutral. It was a civilian crew. It was nothing to do with the uh, escalation of activity there in the Middle East. Um, but they attacked it. Um, they're, they're blocking all ships up the Red Sea, the Houthi organization. Um, they're saying until Israel stops its bombardment of Gaza and allows aid to get through. Um, now, this morning, just here in the UK and globally, Human Rights Watch have come out and said that what the Houthis did uh, it was a war crime. It's a war crime. Uh, and they said that targeting civilian ships is absolutely not part of this uh, uh, campaign of action. They're saying that intentionally or recklessly targeting civilian vessels is a war crime. They say even though the Houthis claim to be carrying out this action on behalf of Palestinians, the reality is they're attacking, arbitrarily detaining and endangering civilians uh, who have zero connection to any military target or action. And it's just an indication of how volatile the situation is in the Middle East, because when you've got the organizations, big Human Rights Watch is a big organization saying, look, this is a war crime. And, and interestingly, yesterday, America sent one of its uh, big ships to defend and then come to the aid of this Norwegian tanker. If there had been any casualties yesterday, which there weren't, luckily, the crew who are all Indian, they're, they're fine. There was just a fire on board the ship as the uh, cruise missile struck it, but there aren't any casualties. But if there had been, can you imagine how quickly that situation would have then escalated further? And we could literally have been looking at, it could have gone nuclear. You, you know, that that's where we are with this, with this, um, everyone piling in now, uh, I'm defending Gaza. And, uh, you know, it's really uh, something we need to keep a close eye on. So this morning here in the UK, afternoon, your time, uh, it's been declared this was a war crime. Uh, whether or not it will stop the Houthis, who are absolutely adamant, you know, they're going to block any ship trying to get to Israel until Israel stops its campaign. Luckily, the global tide seems to be turning and all nations are saying, look, we do need a ceasefire now. Even America is saying that, you know, they've gone too far. Um, but if this could have gone very differently yesterday. And this morning, human rights organizations are saying, no, enough's enough. This has got to stop. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, A, this whole thing uh, has gone too far. You know, way too many uh, innocent people have been killed on both sides of that equation and this particular group not doing themselves any favours. I think that would have organically happened quite soon without them and for them to go and possibly escalate this and to take it into a, a bigger playing field, if you will, um, just horrific. But uh, I don't think anybody's accused that lot of being rocket scientists, but they do have, unfortunately, some rockets. They do. And you have to ask yourself with this, who's backing these groups? You know, Houthi allegedly are funded by Iran. They're based in Yemen. But are they? You know, we all know about the, the kind of connections with ISIS and the CIA. You know, there's been well documented now. A lot of research been done into that. Who is backing the axis of resistance? It's not just the Houthis that are part of that. There are lots of different groups from different countries around the Middle East that are, are, are uniting against the West. But who is funding all these uh, so-called 
militant groups? Who is backing them? Who is creating all this instability uh, and this, this this conflict, which is distressing us on a global level? You know, it's it, it, you have to kind of think about that. Is this all deliberate, all part of the pantomime, all part of this distraction technique of like, look over there, look over there. There's even more, more things happening. A civilian ship's been attacked, you know, whilst we're not looking at other things going on behind the scenes, like digital identities, like the pandemic treaty. That's all gone away for a while, hasn't it? But we're all so fixated on that part of the world. It has. And Gemma, a terrific point that you make. I mean, who is funding them? Where are they getting their weapons from? I would imagine there are a tremendous uh, amount of those weapons that didn't detonate, that probably fell into the ocean or landed somewhere where you could find that weapon, trace its origins. Uh, I'd like to think that some of those weapons weren't ones that were intended for the Ukraine. Who knows? But I have heard that that could be the case. But um, we, we won't know. But I'm sure there are people who do. And I, I'd love to get to the bottom of it, as I'm sure you would as well. Gemma Cooper, thank you for your time today. We'll be doing that again. And of course, you'll be back next hour here at TNT Radio with the next program. Oh, no, no. In two hours, you'll be back. That's right. Two hours time with uh, Open Line with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel. Absolutely. And of course, um, Katie Hopkins coming up next. Katie is a, a, a bit like me, a bit of a lone wolf, but but I get to join with these wonderful people and it's absolutely terrific. And I, I do thank you, Gemma. Okay, we're going to get to a break. On the other side, we're going to take your calls. You can pick up the phone and dial 1-800-670-310 from Australia, from the UK, 033-0024-1026 or... I got lots to talk about too. Coming back after this. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, uh, you can get information at the moment. Who knows for how long. I'm going to put a name and a face, if you will, to who may stop you, prevent you from getting any of that imminently. But before I do that, if you would like to give us a call, we'd love you to do that. one 800 670 310 from Australia or 033 in the UK. Yes, Michelle Rowland is going to become the 
I can't say it without, you know, taking a Stimatil tablet because I may be sick. Uh, the head of <coughs> truth, truth. She's going to be the head of truth. You know, freedom of information documents have revealed that the highly disturbing news communications minister, as she is now, Michelle Rowland, intends to anoint herself. Isn't that wonderful? With a power to personally order an investigation as to what she, she personally thinks could be misinformation, essentially making her the head of the Ministry of Truth. George Orwell could not have imagined this. I think it's worse than what he uh, pictured. But there she is, and this is a woman who's got a bit of form, if I'm honest, uh, uh, Anthony Albanese seeking approval for the disinformation bill. And why wouldn't he? He's one of the global puppets who loves this kind of stuff, doesn't want you speaking the truth, because with the truth, if everybody knew the truth, well, gee, the Labor Party would be uh, like the dodo. They'd be gone the way of the dodo. Having said that, in lockstep with them, the Liberal Party, part of the duopoly, no one would ever vote for them in the parties, One Nation, the United Australia Party would be doing very, very well. If only people could figure out what the truth is all by themselves, wouldn't that be nice? Or UKIP over in the UK, people that, you know, tell the truth, but typically only four to eight, possibly 10% of people are smart enough to get out there, turn out and vote for the right people. Having said that, I mean, it only takes about 30% to vote for the wrong people to get enough with preferences here in Australia. And yes, unfortunately, unlike the UK, we have to vote and we do have preferential voting. It's first past the line over in the UK and you don't have to, which makes it a bit better, probably while they have a conservative government in there at the moment. And we have a Labor government here and people opted for it when? After, after the last three years. Having said that, yes, we all know a general election coming up in the UK and what are they gonna do? They're gonna make the same bloody mistake. I mean, really, really? You could argue as a group, we deserve what we get, but unfortunately I'm, Preaching to the converted, we don't. All of us listening and watching at the moment, certainly uh, that is not the case. And we're going to have to, we'll be like the band on the deck of the Titanic as it goes down. And uh, what do you do? What do you do? I really don't know. It gets better. I'm just going to read you a couple more bits. Uh, to ensure consistency with the existing regulatory approach, the bill extends these powers to ACMA's new regulatory functions uh, of this and misinformation. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's called truth is uh, what they're going to uh, be hitting down. But here's the thing. This is from a minister, a minister, right, who, and I can't make this stuff up, who is charged with reforms to gambling advertising, but she conveniently forgot to mention, quite conveniently, that she was wined and dined by gambling executives and received $18,960 in donations from Sportsbet prior to the last election. Move along. Nothing to see here, people. Move along. Nothing to see here. But uh, it's okay because that would be classified as misinformation or disinformation, not because it's not true. It is true. But because they don't want you to know. They just don't want you to know. And that's where we're headed, people. We've allowed it to happen. How do, how do we know? Because as a group, we're going to vote for it as a group, I'm saying. I know you, you're not, and I know most of the people you know may not, but we've been way too quiet for too long, and I've got to say this. I mean, forget Facebook where you just go and unfriend or block an imbecile, and I've blocked plenty of them, and I quite enjoy it, and I've been blocked by far more imbeciles than I have blocked. But um, they are not very friendly. They don't like the truth. They are bigots, the actual definition of the word bigot, by the way, for those um, who don't know is those or somebody who is highly intolerant of the opinion of others. That is the dictionary 
definition of the word bigot. And you'll never ever hear it used by anyone other than if they're explaining what the word means by anybody who isn't a bigot. Typically only bigots use the word bigots. They do it in an ignorant way. And uh, they're also hypocritical yeah, as well as being ignorant. But uh, that's how we roll. That's how we're going to roll in Australia. We're going to have a bunch of imbeciles who uh, think they know better, who have their hand out, who want free stuff, who say thank you for letting me and 499,000 people just like me in. Why would you do that? You must be mental. Yeah, we are, apparently. We are mental. And, and we have done that. But um, again, I, this is where I'm going with the unfriending. If you have people in your life, personal people, friends, who you actually like, and I'm starting to do it now, I'm just not hanging out with them anymore. I don't have any time for them. I'm not going to go to a barbecue at their house. I'm not going to accept an invitation to their party. Why? Because they're making mistakes that are going to devastate our nation forever and all kind. And I want them to ask. I want them to ask me, why aren't you hanging out with me anymore? Why don't you want to be my friend anymore? And the simple answer is because you're ruining the world for, for my own offspring, for my friends, kids and their grandkids and you want me to be a friend with you, what you're doing is as damaging as any weapon that has ever been wielded. And they're doing it through your ignorance. You are a tool. You are a puppet of them. And I just don't want to associate with people who are stupid, with people who are going to do harm to us. And we are cowards. Rank cowards, I think, was a, a term. Rank cowardice was a term used recently because we, we haven't done enough. We've been too worried about stepping up and saying something for fear of being called a name. And uh, I mean, I have no problem saying what I think, and I'm I do it publicly. And I think we should all do that. And I know many of you do, but you know many people who don't. So we need to encourage them. We need to encourage them to watch here at TNT Radio. We need to encourage them to listen, and certainly to you as well, because until we can spread the movement to those sitting on the fence, how could we ever possibly get to those who are on the other side of the fence? Can't happen. But I will tell you this, those on the other side of the fence, they are sheep. They are literally, the term sheeple becomes the mind. They do whatever they believe is popular, whatever they can be convinced the group is doing. If you control the media, despite the fact that it is disproportionately amplified and they're part of a small group, they don't know that. They believe they're part of the big group. So by actually kicking them out of your circle, by having nothing to do with them, by telling them straight to their face that they're imbeciles because they're advocating for things that will do to your kids and their kids immense harm, that's how we do it. Drag people along to meetings, drag people, not the ones on, on the left, the ones in the middle, drag them along, get them onto our side. When, when it's absolutely undeniable that we are the majority, then this other lot, they'll just come over because they don't like being alone. They don't like being left out in the cold. And I think that's what we need to do. Epic rant over, but I feel good now. And so will you. If you go up to one of these people, these imbeciles, these cretins, and they are useful idiots to those who control the planet, but uh, you need to get them out of your life. And for those sitting in the middle who don't really have an opinion either way, you need to tell them, get off the fence, come over to my side or you can get um, gone because I don't want you to be part of my life because you're wrecking everything that I love about this country and a whole bunch of other countries that I would probably love if I lived in as well. Yep. Anyway, we're going to talk to a man at length after the break, Craig Kelly, who knows all about that. We're going to talk about uh, COP28 and uh, Blackout Bowen and a bunch of things. I'm talking about Craig Kelly here at TNT right after this news headline. TNT Radio News. News break. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. 
US President Joe Biden has promised to transfer another $200 million worth of weapons to Ukraine. Australia, Canada and New Zealand have expressed their anger at Israel's relentless bombardment of Gaza, which has so far killed over 18,000 Palestinians. The US House of Representatives has voted to approve legislation that would ban the imports of Russian uranium. And France claims to have successfully propelled a drone strike on one of its warships in the Red Sea. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. And welcome back. My next uh, guest is more than a guest. He's a co-commentator. Um, somebody who has done historically terrific things for Australia. He risked his position at the Liberal Party because he advocated for truth for good medical outcomes and literally, I do believe, has saved many, many lives in this country by bringing to the fore that which we needed to know, that which most politicians, certainly hardly anybody in the media was going to tell you and very few in the medical fraternity were going to do. Uh, currently, the National Director of the United Australia Party, I welcome to the program, Craig Kelly. How are you, mate? Yeah, no, great to be with you again. Mate, always an absolute pleasure but I call him Bob, B-O-B, Blackout Bowen. He's busy. He's quoting lots of nonsense. I think the guy's mad. I literally think he's mad. How you could possibly believe the things that he advocates for and some of these uh, things that COP28 want to get across the board. It's going to wreck Australia. I think it might be irrevocably so. Where do we start when it comes to COP28 and Blackout Bowen? Well, firstly, here is a bloke that has failed in every single portfolio he's ever had. You go back to the Rudd government, he was their uh, small business and competition minister, and he came up with a great plan of grocery watch. That was his, uh, his claim to fame. And then who could ever forget that during the 2019 election, uh, he was the one that came up with uh, the retirees tax, almost mm. single-handedly yep. lost Labor the election. Uh, he was promoted, remember, to immigration minister, uh, more boat arrivals under his watch, more deaths than anyone else. And now, all of a sudden, Labor have won again, and the bloke's back. And this time he's in charge of your electricity grid, the single wow. most important piece of infrastructure in this nation, something that gives our nation, that used to give our nation, a competitive advantage. And this still is in charge of it. And he goes out and you hear him say, oh, you know, renewables are cheaper, renewables are cheaper, solar and wind are cheaper. The bloke does not have a clue what he's talking about. We've seen analysis from uh, a, a very good report from uh, Bank of America only about a fortnight ago that clearly confirmed that when you add all the costs in, when you add all the, the uh, account for the intermittence of uh, wind and solar, it is the highest cost electricity that you could go down track. And that's what Blackout Boeing is taking us. It is destroying the wealth creation of Australia, destroying our competitive advantage and handing a massive advantage to our friends in communist China. You would think he would be, you know, based on everything you've told us, and uh, a bunch of us uh, were aware of many of his failed policies and whatnot, uh, he would should be 
considered to be political kryptonite. But there they are doubling down on him, and he looks like he's there for the long term. And, I mean, I hate to say it, I could literally see them putting him up for the top job, you know, in 10 years or something. I could literally see that particular party being that mad that they would do that. Yeah, well, look, anything, anything's possible with the Labor Party and the way uh, Mr Albanese is going at the moment. Uh, it doesn't give much confidence. Of, uh, but then you look down, the only advantage that Anthony Albanese has when you look down the list of the other potential leaders that they've got, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it makes him pretty safe no matter how bad he's going. Look, the reality is, look, um, Albanese's been worse than Whitlam. Uh, we've seen uh, huge declines in real incomes in this country. Uh, you know, in fact, Australia's had the greatest declines in real incomes of anywhere in the world. And that's despite we having this, you know, this absolutely lucky bonus of all these uh, fossil fuel exports, you know, our coal, uh, um, our gas, also our iron ore as well, all those exports have really kicked the economy along. And despite that, we've gone backwards 5%. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Mate, and, and again, there he is pushing all of this stuff. Mate, some <coughs> of the policies that, you know, they're so unrealistic. We were talking about, you know, electric cars. Could you imagine living in a high-rise building in 20 years' time where every one of those building uh, cars was electric? We've seen the fires. They just the threat to human life, the fact that we have limited lithium, we have limited heavy metals, the mining is filthy, it's disgusting. We're supposed to be able to be charging these things with wind and solar that's only going to be available sometimes, certainly solar during some days and some days only. We'll therefore have to store this in even more batteries with more lithium. We don't even have enough lithium on the planet. Don't these people know any of this? I mean, why don't they know any of this? <laughs> Well, electric cars is one of the great uh, cons of our time. Uh, firstly, all the extra resources that go into an electric car, even if you can charge it uh, slow, solely on uh, solar panels and wind turbines, you'd need about eight years to make up uh, for the extra energy that's needed to manufacture these electric cars. And when you think most of these cars at the moment, and will be for years, are being charged on the grid overnight here on the eastern seaboard, uh, overnight, there's no sun, there's no solar panels. It's 60 to 80% uh, coal, 60 probably to 90%, sometimes even 100%, uh, you know, get up as coal and gas, uh, firing those grids up. So, you, in effect, you've got coal-fired cars. Now, the thing is, ultimately, electric cars are not about putting everyone in electric cars because it simply can't work. It's about making motoring too expensive for the average person where you have to give up your car and hop on the bus. And that's what these globalists have said. That's the net zero plan. Uh, net zero is you don't have a car. You hop on the electric bus. Uh, that's what both Labor, Liberal, the Greens and the Teals and the Nationals have all signed this country up to. And, Craig, of course, they're advocating for these 15-minute cities. It's something that people, you know, they said, you know, you'll, you'll be happy apparently. We'll have nothing and we'll be happy. Well, I guess we'll have to be happy because we won't be able to afford to travel more than 15 minutes away <coughs> even if we wanted to. I don't, but these are for your convenience, these 15-minute cities. <laughs> look, look you, want, you want a city to be diverse. You want to be able to travel to different parts of the city and there's different cultures. You know, if you're in Sydney, you can go to Cabramatta with a great Vietnamese culture. You know, other parts, of the, other, down at Cronulla, there's a beach culture. You, you want to be able to travel uh, and enjoy each different part of the city should have different characteristics. The idea that you have these clones of 15-minute cities everywhere. It, it, it's a central planner's a wet dream, but it's just simply a, a group of uh, people from the left that want to control how we live our lives, uh, what we eat, where we travel, what we think. 
uh, the books that we read, the entertainment that we hear. They think they know better and simply want to control everyone's life. Mate, they certainly do. And I just want to give you a, a, just a quick wrap because, you know, as National Director of the United Australia Party, you know, I mean, I am a, a former candidate, but I'm also a member, obviously. And um, I, I was reading from my last story was about Michelle Rowland, about to become the head of truth. And I read that from the, you know, United Australia Party newsletter that we get. And I would suggest that um, people actually sign up and get that because there's a tremendous amount of stuff that comes out there. But mate, here's a woman again who, uh, you know, sports bet 18,960 in donations and a woman who is currently, you know, uh, in charge of gambling reforms. Yes, doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense. But mate, this woman, uh, the fact that she will get to decide what is information or disinformation, worse still, that when they say the public can then uh, nominate what that might be, you can just imagine like that mad effing witches group and all the rest, and that's, that's what right. they called people. Um, they're going to have a team and they're going to be ringing up, they're going to be watching shows such as this, what, keeping an eye on people such as you on social media, and at every Every second statement you make, they're going to be lodging uh, claim after claim that what you are speaking, the truth, of course, is misinformation or disinformation. And this woman, Michelle Rowland, is going to be the one who decides whether that is the case or not. That is frightening in itself. Well, that's, that's nothing new for me. I had uh, members of the Labor Party continually looking over everything I said and calling out misinformation, misinformation. And with the time of, uh, you know, the, the passing of time, it shows the people that were actually spreading the misinformation were those Labor members of Parliament. <laughs> it, was, it, was mis it was once misinformation to say maybe the, uh, the virus came out of a, a lab uh, and not a wet market. That was considered misinformation. They got you banned from Facebook. We now know that the wet market story was, was a fake one. We know it was uh, generated out of a lab. It was once sort of said that, oh, masks, masks stop the prevention of um, a COVID. And that was, that was a, a statement made without any scientific evidence, without any backing. We now clearly know the studies show that that was simply false. We're told it was safe and effective, the vaccine. We're told it was 90% effective. We're told it stopped transmission and stopped infection. We know it was false. Everything, every single thing we had from the government over this COVID period was simply wrong. Now, the only way you detect the error and correct that error is to enable dissenting voices to have an opinion. And that's, that's what this is about. It's about silencing dissenting voices. So you get whatever the government says will be correct. It can't be challenged. And it will just take so much longer you know, to correct the errors if errors ever get corrected. Yeah. Mate, it's frightening. I was talking to uh, Senator Malcolm Roberts the other day. We were talking about the WHO pandemic treaty and the watered-down version of it that we possibly could have had to face. But, of course, they are constantly revising that and they're constantly trying to upgrade that and push it upon country <laughs> after country. And with this, you know, Ministry of Truth, you know, getting to decide what we can and can't talk about, and with co companies such as, I think, Moderna setting up here in Australia uh, with uh, labs that can produce millions upon millions of vaccines, they're, ob they're obviously not done with this mRNA. Well, we, yeah, yet, well, remember, the, it is the government, it was firstly Morrison, and then Albanese in a joint venture with Dan Andrews that have combined with Moderna. So this Moderna factory that's being built in Victoria is a joint venture between the federal government, the Victorian state government, and Moderna. So what chance are we going to have of an open and fair debate about the effectiveness and safety of Moderna's products when the government's in bed with them, in yeah. partnership with them? Yeah, mate, it is horrific. And, of course, those who decide whether we can talk about it or not are, again, in the government. Because we've only got a couple of minutes, I just want to quickly, and how can we not 
talk about Queensland. It's a little bit better place than it was uh, probably a, a week ago or so uh, with uh, Palaszczuk on the way out. Uh, that's all of them gone with the exception of the ACT now. And of course, people saying, oh, it's wonderful. They're gone. We don't have to put up with them anymore. But what's not wonderful is despite the epic man, you know, level of debt, the mismanagement, the mm. bad health advice, they're off to better jobs what, that are better paid and almost always with the, you know, I need to spend some time with the family seems to be a, an, a story we're hearing way too often. And I'd like that looked into. I'd love for that not to be able to happen. Mm. Well, firstly, we shouldn't have these revolving door uh, premiers where they go from being premier uh, one day to a week later. They say, oh, I'm going to have time off and see my family. Next thing you know, they've got a job with one of the big companies that they've handed out all these favours to in government. Yeah. We, we clearly have to stop that. You just can't have this re revolving door. Uh, it, it corrupts government decision-making. And as for Palaszczuk, she will go down in history as an abuser of human rights. And she was someone there that forced so many Queenslanders uh, to inject uh, an experimental substance in their body, clear violations of our international obligations under human rights treaties. She closed the borders against the Constitution. Our Constitution says our borders should be uh, absolutely uh, trade, commerce, and intercourse shall be absolutely free. A uh, Palaszczuk has the death of that uh, those, one of those young unborn kids. Remember the story of the poor mother yeah, yeah. Uh, in Ballina. Uh, you know, well, thirty something case from the Queensland border wasn't allowed to go across the border to Queensland Hospital. Was forced to travel all the way to Sydney and lost one of her kids because of that. That was because of Palaszczuk. Palaszczuk's got that blood on her hands out of that decision. Uh, just a disgraceful uh, individual. I'm glad to see that she's gone. But you know, the sad thing is her replacement. Uh, this Miles character uh, is probably miles worse than Palaszczuk. Wow. That's hard to believe, but uh, we, we see it happen time and time again, a, a new white ant in the woodwork while the other one goes off and, sorry, I had a brown paper bag in front of me. I don't know why, why that occurred to me just then. But anyway, but that seems to be lots of brown paper bags, mass deforestation. That's the subject I was going to get onto. But another time. Craig Kelly, very much appreciate you coming on the uh, the show. And again, I would encourage everybody to get onto the United Australia Party website, sign up, get that newsletter. It's absolutely terrific. And with people like Craig Kelly behind it, how could it not be? Craig Kelly, I thank you for your time. We'll do it again soon. Thanks. Great to be with you. Thank you. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to the wonderful Kira Lee Smith. All you got to do is stay there and stick around. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. A few weeks ago, I wrote an article in CFACT about how people completely missed the true meaning of those storms that were blasting the UK three to four weeks ago. While they screamed climate change, climate change, climate change and warming, they were blind to the fact that this was indicating the pattern was going to change and that Europe was going to turn cold and snowy and a bit earlier than normal. So now they claim everybody is surprised for one and for two, Naturally, they're blaming warming. Well, guess what? There's a lot of rain going into Western Europe now, and it's quite warm. Wait till you see what's going to be like two to three weeks from now. Now, if you say, Joe, how are you telling us this? Why doesn't everybody know? It's because no one bothers looking anymore. Experts are now saying that a sign of a warming world is more snow. Now, wait a minute. 25 years ago, they said the opposite. And yet, when I was in third grade, my dad gave me a weather book because he knew I was into it. It was an entire chapter on why it would snow more if the Earth started getting warmer. It means there's more water vapor 
vapor in the air, and even though it warms up in some places, it doesn't warm up enough. So if there's more water vapor and it's still below 32, it's going to snow more. That was taught also in college back in the 1970s. So here we go again with people coming out with these ideas when they can't explain what's going on because they have absolutely no knowledge of what actually happens with the weather. They don't forecast it. And who do they blame? Warming. This is a scam and a sham. And the more I read about it, the more I try to be nice and look at the other side of the position, the more I realize this has nothing to do with climate or weather. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. I was down at the... A beach uh, down on, where was it? Uh, anyway, somewhere down on the central coast. I forget the name of the particular beach. Down Woi Woi Way. And um, it was at a, a life-saving club. And I had to bring a bunch of equipment out of there. And I was helped along by four or five young lifesavers. What tremendous young fellows, people who are quite intelligent, who are very giving of their time, very normal, which was even more important, and people who I don't believe for one second would cop any nonsense. And that is why it is amazing to me, this story, and my next guest, Kiralee Smith, will be chatting about it imminently, that um, these people, life-saving, uh, you know, uh, life-savers across the country are being encouraged to um, use certain pronouns and to adopt all of this, you know, this, oh, it's just crazy, this non-binary stuff. Kiralee Smith, where do we start? I'm really quite angry that they're going after, and they are traditionally young people, these life-savers, they're, they're very well-rounded, nice people, giving of their time, and here they are trying to influence them and get them to follow this ridiculous, ridiculous narrative. How did this all come about? Oh, look, it's absolutely insane, Dean. We've got, I, I believe, around 76,000 life-saving volunteers, making it one of the largest volunteer organisations in Australia. And uh, Life-Saving Australia has just issued guidelines that uh, you need to avoid using male or female uh, pronouns or descriptors when you're talking to or about people. They want surf life-saving clubs to um, have gender-neutral toilets. Um, they really are going down this woke rabbit hole. Um, but, you know, not unsurprisingly, uh, there's been a lot of pushback that uh, there are members of Australian Life-Saving uh, life who are saying, no, this is ridiculous. It's a beyond a joke. They're there to do a job, a very, very important job. They're outside. They're having a great time. They're looking after all of us who want to go to the beach and have a great time. And most importantly, they're there to save lives. And that's what they should stick to. All this gendered ideology rubbish is not a part of their job description. It shouldn't be. And no pressure should be put on these people uh, to deny what they can see with their own eyes. Um, and you and I both know the physiology of male and females are quite different. And when it comes to 
uh, life-threatening situations and when it comes to medical issues that people can encounter on the beaches, it makes a difference whether they're male or female. And uh, so it's just beyond comprehension that these organisations are issuing these kind of guidelines. Now, something that you said really triggered me because if somebody said, if I was playing, um, you know, one of those games, you know, where you've got to pick the top answer, pick, you know, family feud, uh, where is the number one place you're going to find creeps? And it's at the beach. You get the pervs, you get them in the waves and touching people. Oh, sorry. You see it on, you know, Bondi Rescue or whatever all the time. And then I heard you say that they want to put these gender neutral toilets where all the creeps go. I mean, they may as well just give them a, a raincoat and send them on their way because that is just horrific. It really is horrific. It really does look boggling mind. You know, look, there's some gender-neutral toilets these days which have the floor-to-ceiling walls and doors and, uh, you know, each person can go in and, and you do your business and come out and wash your hands and it's all in public. Uh, I don't really have a problem with those, but it's where you've got to go into, uh, you know, full-on change rooms, full-on, um, you know, areas where it's away from the public eye where exactly these creeps could have access particularly to young girls or vulnerable women and uh, it, it's just it's beyond comprehension women and girls and boys and men all deserve safe spaces change rooms places where they can uh, you know have their dignity uh and and their privacy and not feel threatened by someone of the opposite sex uh imposing themselves on them in those spaces yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? I mean, we just keep hearing horror story after horror story. There's got to be a, a tremendous amount of pushback that I would imagine from this life-saving group because again, they're just salt of the earth people who who just are fair income. They you know you know they they don't swallow rubbish, if you will. Um, where do you see this headed? Do you think it could absolutely blow up and backfire in their face and take the whole movement backwards? Look, it's going to be really interesting and we're seeing this across the board in all sporting organisations across Australia where the Australian Institute of Sport, uh, Kieran Perkins and others who are at the helm have insisted on this, you know, men can be women and anyone can change their sex and it's utter nonsense. It's all based on lies and deception. But what we're seeing is that there is a pushback and that everyday ordinary Australians like you and I, Dean, are going, this is absolute nonsense. This is not safe or fair for our young people, for women and for girls in particular. And uh, there's a real disconnect between those in authority and those of us who just want to go out and have a good time, who want to play sport, who want to volunteer for these organisations. So I think that 2024, we're going to see quite a lot of pushback. There's a lot of threats coming from uh, sporting organisations and those at the top saying that if people oppose these ridiculous policies, there will be sanctions, there will be fines, there will be expulsions or legal action taken against them, as has been done to me. And my court cases are still ongoing, still awaiting decisions on these things. But I want to encourage your listeners, Dean, to not back down, not be intimidated by this nonsense, to stand firm, because when you do stand firm, we will see the victories uh, when we need to restore common sense back in this country when it comes to there's male and there's female. And that's it, folks. <laughs> it's pretty easy. We were taught that as children, and now they're trying to re re-educate the kids and uh, just confuse them. I can imagine nothing more confusing than having that which your body and your intuition feels and being taught that you're wrong about everything. Because if you're wrong about the most basic things, surely they can convince you you're wrong about everything else. Maybe that's what this is all about, because I can't I think of any other reason there would be a push for it. 
Look, absolutely. There is an undermining, um, you know, first of all, of the family and parental authority. And so a lot of the books aimed at young children basically say, don't trust your doctors, don't trust your parents. You're the only one that knows, you know, whether you're male or female, which is, you know, it is ridiculous. Um, and then that goes right on throughout school. Uh, the education and health systems in particular are so captured by this nonsense. And they, uh, you know, they say it should be child led and, you know, the, the child should guide uh, whether or not, you know, the, or the expression of their gender, uh, you know, whatever that means. Um, and But it's leading to, you know, this really destructive, divisive culture where parents are being undermined, children are gaining the power, but more than that, the activists have the power. And so um, it's really harmful to lie to anyone, but it's extremely harmful to lie to children, to deceive them, to convince them that they can change their sex. Here, have this pill, wear this costume, have this surgery, you'll change your sex. No, you won't. That is absolute lie. It will never happen. And what we're seeing is now the more that people are trans transitioning, uh, you know, a year, two years, five years down the track, their levels of depression, anxiety um, and the underlying issues such as trauma and autism are not being dealt with and they feel far worse off because now they have a whole lot of irreversible that they have to deal with as well. Yeah, it's crazy. And for those people on you know, puberty blockers, again, a patient for life. And then as that tr they transition, as they get older, um, with that comes the mental health issues. And then they're taking drugs for that. And they're just not doing themselves any favours and they it never ends. Well, um, I had somebody say as a joke the other day at the pub um, when we were talking about this, if you don't know what sex you are, either take off your neck brace because you can't look down or get a mirror, which I, I thought was rather funny. Um, now, I, I'm noticing with this pushback that you bring up and talk about quite often, um, we're seeing it, and I was talking about it earlier, in movies where they're, they're swapping traditional roles of male and female and the public aren't liking it. They're like, if this is organic, we'll go with the flow and we'll, but they're voting with their, their pocketbooks, aren't they? And it's not working out very well Absolutely. for the companies that are, that are designed to make a profit on, on, on entertaining us backfiring in their face. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it was Disney, you know, announced million dollar loss and it would be a billion if they went ahead and uh, released the disastrous sounding Snow White movie that they've got <laughs> lined uh -huh. up. But uh, yeah, the movies, uh, the, the, the actors, those who are pushing this sort of stuff are seeing that the general public are not interested. We're not going to go and spend our hard-earned cash, especially these days with the cost of living, on absolute nonsense. We don't want um, this ideology shoved down our throats everywhere we turn um, because it's not just an idea or an ideology this is doing real harm to people dean and people are sick of it it's at work you know you've got every other every other day is a wear it purple or you know put on your rainbow flag or wear this badge or don this lanyard like it just goes on whether it's at work or school in the shops you can't even go to coles without having it shoved down your throat for goodness sake so um there, there is a lot of pushback, but we are seeing some good things. Um, in New Zealand at the moment, the new government there have said, have announced that they're going to get rid of all this gender ideology nice. out of the education system. So let's hope Australia will take a leaf out of New Zealand's book. One, boot out this ridiculous government, put in, you know, a better coalition that's going to have the people's interest at heart and start looking after and representing what it is that uh, we desire.
And of course, I mean, Donald Trump has said he'll take that a step further too. If he gets in, that's looking pretty good. He's got some very poor competition, Biden so bad, that in the primaries, they're actually not running anyone against him. And a lot of people are not happy, Florida being one of those particular states at the moment. But uh, and just quickly, you know, getting back to the whole Snow White thing, I love, as I mentioned, that the Daily Wire, a conservative news organisation, is putting their own traditional version of that out. And I don't know whether you've seen it or not, Kira Lee, but that Rachel Ziegler, Hollywood kryptonite, as I call her, she's now said, saying she loves everything that Disney's ever done for a million years. That's <laughs> almost a very quiet, not quite what she said before, but uh, exactly. a story for another time. I have to go. And uh, okay. that makes me sad because I always enjoy talking to you, Kira Lee, so much. Thank you for coming on, especially at the last minute as you did today. And uh, no worries. We'll, we'll do it again very soon. That's great that you're back on air, Dean. Lovely to talk with you. Thank you. That's Kira Lee Smith, everybody, of binary.org.au. Get on there, support her, always fighting the good fight. And uh, it's good to have an advocate out there for women. And I can think of nobody better than her. I'll tell you who also is a magnificent woman. I'm surrounded by them. Katie Hopkins should be coming up imminently. All you got to do is hang around, put your feet up, put your TV on and have a watch. I'll be back tomorrow. My name's Dean Mackin. Stick around for Katie. This is TNT Radio.